Hello, everyone. Welcome to And Let's Be Heard. This is Micah Chopley, and this is Thursday, December 2nd, 2021. Hard to believe it's already already the last month of the year. I think 2021 has gone way too fast. It certainly went a lot faster than 2020, and it hasn't been any better. In fact, it's been worse. So I don't know why this went so fast when 2020 just creeped along forever. But here we are on the precipice of 2022. Think about that. 22. And we're still dealing with 19, COVID-19 in 2022. Let's see, 2020. Were they dealing with the 1918 flu in 1921? I don't believe they were. No, I don't. I believe by 1921, the Roaring 20s had begun. In fact, I think by 1920, they had pretty much forgotten about it. The Roaring 20s had begun. Um, but, of course, what they didn't have, people always wondered. They tell me, they ask, Mike, why um, with a... A virus 50 times, 100 times, in some places worse than this one, um, when they had no vaccines and no therapeutics. And why did it go away faster? Why did people stop wearing masks faster than now? And I say, well, the major reason is there was no network news. There was no CNN. There was no MSNBC. And that's the big difference. That's the huge difference. There was no left-leaning media. There was no left-leaning social media. Uh, to drum up, to gin up hysteria um, for ratings. And that's the biggest difference. People didn't have that, con- they weren't constantly bombarded with that. They weren't constantly bombarded with these PSAs, with go- big government and big tech in collusion with big media. They weren't bombarded with this stuff. So they didn't see it anymore, or they were seeing much less of it the virus, and it just went away. And they didn't just go on with their lives. The roaring 1920s followed. You can forget about the roaring 2020s. It's never going to happen. Also, I would say the second uh, reason is because the politicians weren't as slimy and skeevy as they are now, Uh, like the Democratic Party. We didn't have the current-day Democratic Party uh, over 100 years ago, 103 years ago. So there are reasons, but I think the media and the politicians are the top two reasons why this is dragging on much, much longer than a a virus that's 50 times worse. Now today, I wake up to find out that the uh, COVID variant Omniron, is it Omniron? You know, this is, I actually like the fact this isn't, Delta's too easy, Delta Dental, Delta Delta Airlines, uh, I like this. This one is not so easy to pronounce. Not, Omicron is not as easy as Delta, and I think that's a big reason why it's going to go away faster. Another reason is the actual scientific one that it's not bad at all. It's mild, and it gives you a cold, if anything, for, for a couple of days. But uh, I wake up to find out that, ironically, totally ironically, California is the first state to, to have a case of the variant, a man who I believe was in South Africa, and he's in San Francisco, San Francisco, California, my hometown. Well, not my hometown. My hometown is New York, always will be. Uh, You know, my hometown of New York and my current town, San Francisco, are the two most hellhole places in the country. That's my life. Anyway, can't go home, can't stay here. But anyway, I digress. Uh, yeah, so it was found here in San Francisco, California, with the longest lockdown. We still have indoor – we've had an indoor mask mandate for 20 of the 21 months. For one month, it went away. I believe it was uh, mid-June to mid-July of this year it went away. And then it came back again, and it'll be here forever. 
so we've had masks forever. We've had lockdown. We have vaccine passports. We have the first vaccine passport system. It's been around now for months. And what do you know? What do you know? Look at these great mitigation methods. Look, look at these great mitigation methods, these, these mandates. Lockdowns and masks and vaccine passports. And the first case is right here. Right here. Not in Florida, baby. Not, not in the, the, the state of Ron DeSantis. Not in Texas, the state of Greg Abbott. Not, a, not the state of Kemp, Georgia. Not Arizona. Right here in San Francisco, California. I mean, it really, really, it makes you laugh. It really, really makes you laugh. Um, and then I see that the, uh, the moronic Ron Klain, he's Biden's chief of staff, uh, who was also depicted by Kevin Spacey. He was, he was depicted by Kevin Spacey um, in the film about, about Bush versus Gore. Um, and he, uh, he was portrayed by Kevin Spacey quite well. Spacey gave a great performance. Uh, but Ron Klain today comes out and says, uh, COVID, COVID mitigation methods and, and restrictions and mandates and lockdowns create a better economy. This is what he's – here's more – Baghdad Bob syndrome by the Democrats, the opposite of reality. Just say this, say this, say it. Say a lie enough times, make it a big enough lie, and people will believe it. Lockdowns and COVID mitigation methods make for a better economy. Hey, Ron, is that why Florida has some of the lowest unemployment and California has the highest unemployment? Is that it? Is that why Texas and Georgia and Florida have lower unemployment than California, New York, and New Jersey are among the higher unemployment states? Is that why? Is that why California's unemployment has been about 10% while Florida's has been about 4%? Is that why? See, don't worry about facts. Facts don't matter. Anyone with a brain knows lockdowns don't work. Anyone with a brain knows lockdowns kill, kill people and kill the economy. Everyone knows this. Everyone. Except... Joey Biden's chief of staff, Ron Klain. I tell you what, I want to bring Kevin Spacey back. I want to uncancel Kevin Spacey and let's cancel the moronic Ron Klain. How about that? Let's cancel him. I'd rather see Kevin Spacey be Biden's chief of staff than Ron Klain. This is what you're getting from this administration. This is what you're getting. They're Baghdad Bob. They are are a Baghdad Bob administration. That's Ron Klain. Lockdowns make for a better economy. You've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. You know, it's so sick. It is so damn sick. So damn sick. Yet they feel if they say it enough, their people will believe it. But their people are dwindling, you see. Democrats only made up about 28% of the electorate to begin with, and they've been losing people every year. But right now they're down to maybe 10, 15% of diehards that believe this bullshit. And that's dwindling every day. And by the midterms, that might be more like 8 or 9%. And they're going to get creamed. Only the most diehard, deep blue Democrats still believe any of this bullshit that they're trying to peddle. Total, utter bullshit. Look at San Francisco, my city. Totally decimated. Totally decimated. What we know lockdowns do is lockdowns kill the economy create worse conditions economically so crime goes up. And that's exactly what we're seeing here. We're seeing businesses that were shut down and crime that's gone up. Half of the businesses were shut down. The other half are, are, are dying because of crime and vaccine passports and masks still. And yet he says this helps the economy. 
San Francisco has become an urban dystopia. Look at San Francisco now compared to two years ago. Before these great mitigation methods that improve the economy. I mean, is anyone really believing this? Is anyone believing this? Look at New York City. Look at New York City. Look at what that's become with the economic devastation and businesses closing and crime going up. Crime going up. Violent crime going up. It's also causing these issues on airlines. You know, they like to show people – I don't believe in acting up. I've taken so many flights. I've taken 15, 20 flights over the last year and a half, and I, I wear the stupid friggin' mask. I put it down as much as I can. I pretend I'm eating and drinking, and, but I don't tell the flight attendant to go to hell or start screaming at people. But you know what? People are getting upset. People Flying sucked before COVID. I mean, flying sucked before 9-11. Then after 9-11, it got a thousand times worse. And after COVID, now it's another thousand times worse. And Biden wants to make it another thousand times worse. So it's getting such to the point where people are not happy when they're flying. They're flying because they're forced to, to go to work, to do business, to visit family for the first time in two years, to visit people who might not be alive much longer in their family. And people are just feeling depressed and angry over what's happening. And they're not in a good mood. So this creates this tension. And, of course, the, the flight attendants are the front line there. They're, they're the face of the airline. Where, where are these people going to go after the CEO? You're not going to go into the pilot because to go anywhere near that cabin now, you get, you get executed immediately. So you can't – who's going to – they're going to take it out on the flight attendants, the people who they can easily take it out on. It's, this is not brain surgery, and it's only going to get worse. But what the airlines need to do if they want this to stop is not say, oh, these bad passengers, let's ban these passengers from flying. They need to tell Joe Biden to go take a flying fucking leap. They need to stop following everything he says when what he says is illegal, unconstitutional, and loses in course anyway. And they know the power they have. The airline lobby in this country, just say, we're going to stop giving money to Democrats and all of those regulations and we'll go away overnight. But they don't do it. They deserve what they get. They deserve the unruly passengers. They deserve losing the revenue. They deserve having to cancel flights because they don't have enough passengers. The airline industry needs to stop complying with Biden's unconstitutional bullshit that has nothing to do with health and everything to do with control and power. We know this. We know it. But they continue to comply. And you have assholes like the CEO of United Airlines saying, oh, I'll happily comply. I'll happily comply with anything President Biden says because he's probably a stupid Democrat. And it's so political. If it was Trump, he'd tell him to go to hell. They need to stop complying if they want to stop the unruly passengers and they want to start making money again. I have no sympathy for the airlines or anyone that works for them because they know it needs to be done and they have the power and they have the money to do it. One call, one call from the CEO of each airline and all these travel restrictions will go away. Mast on airlines will go away. It will all go away because Democrats don't want their money to go away. But they're not doing it, so they deserve what they get. <sighs> Well, look at this. Gretchen Whitmer. Is she the new angel of death? Is, is, is Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer the new angel of death? What that means is simply cases in Michigan and deaths in Michigan are skyrocketing, like all-time high, skyrocketing. Well, of course, we know cases in Florida, lowest in the country for months now.
So the logic goes that if you blamed DeSantis for the deaths when people were when deaths were higher in Florida and called him Death Santis, that now Gretchen Whitmer has to be the new angel of death, does she not? Isn't that the logic? Wait a minute. Let me, let me guess, though. In Michigan, it's seasonal. In Florida, it's bad policy. So when cases rise in Michigan, it's seasonal. But when cases rise in Florida, it's bad policy. Is that right, liberals? Is that the illiberal logic? If you blamed DeSantis and called him Death Santis, you must now blame Whitmer and call her the angel of death, the beautiful angel of death. For those who think she's beautiful, I'm not one of them. I'm not one of them. But we see this constantly. I mean, this, this is like a, a constant thing where when in, in the blue states, when cases go up, oh, it's cyclical and seasonal and what are you going to do? Or they'll say, oh, people aren't wearing their masks enough or people haven't done this enough or that enough. When it goes up in Florida, it's a oh, bad policy by the government. When it goes red states, bad policy, bad policy, bad policy. It's so easy to see through the hypocrisy. I mean, the hypocrisy is stunningly disgusting and easy to see through. I don't get it. I don't get how they continue to peddle this this hypocritical point of view, and no one calls them out on it. I mean, it's so simple. A child, a 10-year-old, can call them out on it. You don't need Micah Chopper to do it. A child can do this. It's easy. The logic is so easy to see through. It's hypocritical. It's totally hypocritical. But what we know is, if you want to look at the facts, the vaccines don't matter. High Percentage, low percentage, masks, a lot of masks, few masks, indoor masks, outdoor masks, vaccine passports, no vaccine passports. It doesn't matter. The mitigation methods don't matter. The numbers go up and down regardless. It does not matter. We've seen this for six months, a year, a year and a half going on, two years. Do we need to see it for a decade? A decade before we admit to this? Speaking of admitting to things, ah. Unlike Democrats, unlike President Biden, I can actually admit when I say something wrong and correct myself. They'll never do that. Yesterday I said Dr. Oz was running for Congress. He's running for Senate. He's running for Senate in the state of Pennsylvania, not Congress. Why would I think a guy like Oz with his popularity is running for Congress? Anyway, he's running for Senate. So, And he's saying all the right things. I saw him on Fox yesterday, and he's saying all the right things. He really is. He's talking about ending all these ridiculous COVID, <clears throat> uh, illegal and unconstitutional and unscientific. And he should know he's a doctor. <clears throat> unscientific regulations and quote-unquote mitigation methods and mandates, um, securing the border, uh, getting the economy going again. Uh, so he's talking about all the right things. You know, it seems though he might have had an epiphany. I don't, I don't think he was always a Republican. He's running as a Republican. And I'm guessing like me, maybe he's had this epiphany over the last couple of years because I do know he was big with Oprah and I can't imagine Oprah would ever associate with a Republican, but who knows? Maybe she would. Um, but yes, yeah, so Dr. Oz is running for Senate in 2022, this upcoming year, in Pennsylvania. He's running in the primary and, uh, you know, right now, like I say, he's saying all the right stuff. Uh, he's an intelligent guy. He speaks very well. And I think he's got a, uh, a you know a good chance, a really good chance. Uh, I just wanted to make that correction. Senate, not not Congress. Uh, you know, what's also amazing is that uh, 
you have such opposites. We have a guy like Gavin Newsom, who, who keeps on imposing stricter and stricter, stricter regulations and mandates. Then we've got, you know, Ron DeSantis. We know all he's done in, in Florida making vaccine passports and mandates illegal. You know, here, the business gets fined if they don't impose them. There, they get fined if they do impose them. It's like a different planet. It's like a different world. But Greg Abbott said uh, his executive order banning mass mandates by government entities is now law in Texas, that the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals has granted Texas's motion to stay a lower judge's ruling. So, no mass mandates by government entities. And I agree with that 100%. If you're the owner of a restaurant, if you're the owner of establishment and you want people to wear a tutu to come into your place, you're not going to get much business, but that's your right. If you want people to wear a swimming swimsuit in 20-degree weather, you're not going to get much business, but that is your right. And if you are a business and you want people to wear masks, that's your right. If, you have a, if you're a business and you do not want people to wear masks because maybe you're afraid – you know, maybe you don't like the way it looks. Maybe you're afraid of getting robbed. You have, you have that right. But a government has no right to tell a business what they have to do. A government has no right to tell a business. They must, wear peop- they must have people wear masks in order to do business. So once again, quite the opposite, 180 degree t- turn from California, 180 degree difference from California, <clears throat> where the businesses must must have people wear masks and can tell people they can't come in, not because they want to, but because the government is telling them to do it. This is, uh, you know, someone mentioned today on Facebook that this is really becoming of kind of a civil war. It's becoming red states versus, it's becoming free states versus blue states. I like, I like that. It's free states versus blue states. And it's become that. And it seems though Democrats have want, want it this way. Democrats want this divide. Democrats maybe want their civil war. They want some kind of civil war. Some kind of. By the way, I know I have a friend of mine who got like a seven-day ban on one of the social media. I believe it was <clears> – <throat> I think it was either Facebook or I think Facebook that banned him for simply saying the term civil war. Now, we have civil war actually happened in this country. It's called history. Yet you cannot write the words civil war on Facebook. You can't write those words. It's illegal to write the words civil war. It's illegal to write something historical. Is it also legal to write Vietnam War, World War II, Korean War? Up yours, Zuckerberg. Uh, Dr. Scott Atlas. Uh had said on the Steve Hilton show, The Next Revolution on Fox News, uh, that Burks and Redfield and Fauci um, had no science whatsoever. Had no science whatsoever. And they advised the lockdowns and they got the lockdowns. They failed to stop the spread of the infection. They failed to stop people from dying. And they destroyed the lives of millions of people. And now you have Fauci saying he is science. They had, no, they had no science to back up anything they did. He would walk in there with – think about that. Think about going into a place where you're prepared. You, you, you put together peer review and case studies and you have all the numbers. You have the numbers showing what lockdowns do, what lockdowns don't do. You have the numbers showing what masks do, what they don't do, all that stuff. And the, the other people have nothing. They're great political ass-kissers. 
their whole lives, like 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 uh, Atlas has said, forty years, four decades each of just political ass kissing and political bureaucracy. You know, people make fun of Oz. Someone said today that he sees one patient a year. How many patients has Dr. Fauci seen? When's the last time Dr. Fauci ever had interaction with an actual human being, a patient? What, 40 years, 50 years, six? I don't know. Has he ever? Yet no one seems to have any problem with that. He's a real doctor. Oz isn't, but he's a real Dr. Fauci. But what he is is a bureaucrat. And, Bur- and Burks and, and Redfield and now, and now Walensky, you know, all of them, they're all bureaucrats. None of them are real doctors. Try to make an appointment with any of them. They're not real doctors. They're not. They have no patience. And I have little patience for them anymore. Anyway, that, so they had no preparation whatsoever. All they could do was say, you're an outlier. You're, you're an outlier. You're an outlier. You don't know what you're talking about. It's like, chi- think about how childish that is. Think about you, it's like going into a classroom of a fifth graders and you bring a, a well-prepared book report or some kind of report and the others have nothing and they just laugh at you. It was, this is so childish, incredibly childish. And once again, as, I, as I've mentioned in, in a previous show, Trump is to blame. Trump's to blame for bringing these people in and not getting rid of them the first time they opened their mouths. And then once the horse was out of the barn, that was it. They, these people took over. They totally took over. And of course, the only reason why Biden hired Fauci is because Fauci was seen somehow as the anti-Trump. This is the other thing that makes me laugh about Democrats. Like Kamala Harris and Joe Biden, many Democrats said, oh, no, I'm not going to take the Trump vaccine. No, no, it's rushed. It's politically rushed. He's just trying to rush it. To, I'll never take the Trump vaccine. Then as soon as Trump is replaced by Biden, oh, we'll take the vaccine as though it's a different formula. The Trump vaccine became the Biden-Fauci vaccine, which is still the Trump vaccine. This is the idiocy of the left these days. This is a total idiocy. It's the same vaccine. It's the same formula. It started being distributed in December when Trump was still president. Oh, but no, once Biden's in, oh, February, March, April of this year, everyone got those vaccines because it's the Fauci vaccine now. <laughs> it's, it's the Fauci-ouchie. Not the Trump bump. <laughs> These people are laughable. Absolutely laughable. But this is what we're dealing with. This is, what, this is what we're dealing with on a daily basis. These children. These children who are running things. And, let, and talking about, someone said to me today, my, my old boss, John Manelli, said to me today, don't just talk about vaccines. Stop talk, I don't want you to talk about vaccines constantly. Talk about something else. I said, John, when they stop mentioning the word vaccine, I will gladly stop mentioning the word vaccine. But the word vaccine comes out of their mouth every time they do a press conference. They can't stop it. But let's talk about something else here. Let's talk about what just happened earlier today, which is uh, an interview that's going to air with George Stephanopoulos with Alec Baldwin – which is very well lit, by the way. If you watch, I don't know if you've seen the preview for this interview, but it's all very well lit. It's like The Godfather, browns and dark shadows, and it's so well lit, so dramatic. And, uh, and, uh, and George uh, Stephanopoulos, um, I would like to call him uh, Step Infection, Step Infection, um, says, well, what, did you pull the trigger? When you pulled the trigger, and Baldwin goes, no, no, I never pulled the trigger. I never pulled it. What? He says, oh, no, I never pulled the trigger. He says, I've never pulled the trigger. I didn't pull the trigger. I would never, I've never pointed a gun at someone and pulled the trigger. I didn't do that. So is this more Democrat science, TM, trademark? 
Did the gun just go off magically without pulling a trigger? Was this gun designed to go off when you lift it? Every gun expert I have heard on TV has said impossible. Absolutely impossible. And obviously he was pointing it at her. Regardless, he was pointing it at her or the bullet would not have gone into her directly from the gun. So, uh, Ms. Hutchins, so the fact of the matter is now he's saying he didn't pull the trigger. He had the gun, he pointed the gun, but the trigger was never pulled. But the gun magically, magically went off. Maybe someone can tell me. How does a gun magically go off without pulling the trigger? So Alec Baldwin seems to be lying. He seems to be lying. He wants to make, I think he wants to make the gun seem defective. So once, you, once again, that would limit the liability, he thinks, that the gun is defective and, and that's less so it's even less his fault. It's even less his fault because he didn't know it was loaded and on top of that, he never pulled the trigger and some weird defective gun just uh, magically shot itself off, pointing, pointed at the director of photography. It's really hard to have sympathy for these people. At first, I thought, well, this has got to be terrible. I mean, think about the poor guy. You know, he's an actor. It's a mistake and you kill someone who's your friend. I mean, it had to be horrible to do that, for that to happen. But now when you start saying stuff like that, I, I totally lose my sympathy for you. Plus, I had, very, I had less sympathy to begin with because I'm thinking to myself, all right, if I'm an actor and I'm handling a gun and I'm pointing the gun and I'm shooting the gun, I'm going to make sure – I don't care what people say. I don't care if 20 people say it's not loaded. I'm going to check it. The simple takes five seconds. Check, make sure there's no chamber in there, no bullet in that chamber, and that's it. Okay. And even George Clooney said he always checks his gun no matter how many hands it goes through, no matter how many armorers' hands it goes through, he checks it before he fires it. And what I didn't know, which is the set in, in SAG, in your contract, in the SAG manual, it says that all actors must check their gun before they use it. And Alec Baldwin obviously didn't do that. So his excuses are his own. He didn't check. He did not check to make sure there wasn't live ammunition in there. So he can be criminally liable. I've heard many lawyers say he can be criminally liable. It doesn't have to be an intended shooting. It's an unintentional shooting. It can be manslaughter. It can be a whole host of things. Criminally negligent homicide. It could be many things. He was also the producer. And there were three other gun problems the crew says there were three previous gun problems. So as the producer, it was also – if he was just the actor, it's not his responsibility to shut down shooting, although someone like Baldwin probably could. But as a producer, he absolutely has the right and he should be shutting down shooting and doing investigations and making sure you get the right people there and making sure those guns are clean before you have any kind of a scene where you use guns. He didn't do that either. You know, this whole idea of – you know, someone like Al Baldwin gets this. Someone like Al Baldwin gets a, an interview with George Stephanopoulos. But the average guy, if this happened to the average guy or if this happened to a B actor, this never would have happened. He wouldn't get to do a, a, a segment with George Stephanopoulos pleading and crying in a well-lit room in a dramatic setting to make people feel bad for him. But he gets it because of privilege. And this, is, this, this comes back – you know, I couldn't stay off the COVID thing too long. But in closing here – this all comes to privilege. A guy like Ron Klain can say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lockdowns, no problem. Great for the economy. Because it didn't affect him. He didn't have to stay home for a year. 
and lose his job and not be able to, to feed his children. Jim Cramer can say, yes, the military should force va- – if you're unvaccinated, you got to stay home uh, for another seven years until we figure this thing out because he doesn't have to work. He can stay home. These celebrities who had their you know, 80,000 square foot mansions that they were staying in for, a, for 15 months. Who cares? All the food delivered to them, personal chefs. It doesn't matter. It was like a, a long vacation to them. This is the elitism. This is privilege. This is what Democrats and liberals are usually against. And for the last two years, they've had no, not only have they had no problem with it, they're on these people's side. They're for them. They believe in them. They believe what they say. And it all comes down to privilege. It all comes down to privilege. Crime, privilege. You don't live in those inner cities where you have to deal with constant crime and your children being killed or possibly being killed. So it's easy to say, yeah, 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 defund the police, yeah. Yeah, 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 everything's racial, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're above it. Because you're above it. Privilege. I do a whole segment on, 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 on elitism and privilege because it's really what, 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 what gets me going the most really. Or people who come from that angle who think they know better and think they can tell everyone else how, how to live because their lives are so easy. You know, I think that more people are waking up to this. I hope they are. I hope more people – because more people are feeling the pain of what's going on. More and more people are feeling the pain. With every, every passing day, every extra uh, mandate, every extra re- re- restriction to life and, and freedom and liberty and people are starting to actually feel this now. Those aren't just words anymore. They're not just nice words that are in the Constitution. People are feeling it now. Okay, we're wrapping up another show of And Let's Be Heard. Uh, I'm Micah Joplin. I want to thank you for – listening, and I'll be with you again tomorrow. Thanks a lot.